Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a Big Show. Is everybody ready? Today is Tuesday, right? Take extra care to follow the instructions or you'll be put to sleep. And don't forget Taco Tuesdays. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It's The Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, thank you very much for making us a part of your Tuesday Gordon, how you doing over there? What's going on? I'm just uh, getting settled in over here. I can tell. Taking my time, as I you can tell. tell. I can be very can... deliberate. Are you a deliberate person? No. No? Not really. What if it's 307, Jake? Do you do everything, I mean, do you do everything speedy? Uh, Yeah. Like yeah. if you're, for instance, if you're loading the dishwasher. Uh-huh. Do you do it quick or do you just sort of take your time and pace yourself as you go? No, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty quick about it. I was just trying to think of some, uh, you know, regular old tasks that you don't have to really think about while you're doing. Now, my question to you is: Do you know where your dishwasher is? Oh, I'm very familiar with my dishwasher. I have an intimate relationship with my dishwasher. Intimate? Yes. <clears throat> I load that thing all the time. Do you? Mm-hmm. Sure, you do. I who do. who empties it? Uh, I load it. I so do you don't empty, empty it. it? Not often, no. Why is that? Because somebody else that it just in magically my house, empties itself. No, somebody else in my house will do that. It's just always empty, like when you were talking about how your house is just always clean. It's not always. It's not always empty. It's uh, it's empty in the morning and uh, loads up as the day goes on. And I, if there's stray dishes around, I'll uh, clean them up. And I see. Put them in there. My hero. Okay. All right. Are you very are you very uh, diligent or I guess not diligent what a uh, what's the word are, are you very are you quick about it or do you take your time uh, or do you do it at all uh, what are you talking about loading the dishwasher oh yeah do it all the time like I just said no hey, I, I don't I but just uh, said that are you quick about it though I'm asking um, you the same question you asked me are no. you deep yeah don't give I, me that I'm 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 somewhat I'm I'm about uh, I'm about uh, that uh, kind of a Clydesdale trot <laughs> gets the job done okay. but not particularly quick or well or well, or well. <laughs> i mean well you ever seen a clydesdale loaded dishwasher I, i'll tell you this much that uh i am less organized than some other people in my household okay. but i do uh give a good effort good uh, that's that's all we can ask just a good effort. All right, we have a lot to do today. Yeah, we do. Bowler is going to be in the house for the entire 5 o'clock hour, as he is on Tuesdays. So looking very much forward to chatting with Craig Bowlerjack, television voice of the Utah Jazz. We'll talk a lot of NBA, further fallout, uh, rumors that are out there, and we'll continue to talk about the Utah Jazz, their potential, and how things look in the West. And... Gordon has a column out today, sltrib.com, talking about uh, the women's national team. Are you uh, are you watching Summer League? 
Uh, a little bit, I'm, but not I'm a ton. I'm just sort of glancing at it here and there. I mean, have you sat down? Austin, have you sat down and watched a full game? Uh, when it was here, not since it's yeah, gone yeah. to Vegas. No. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, same here. I don't know. I, I I'm sort of interested in it, but I. I don't sit down and uh, tear it apart. I, I certainly do not. Uh, I mean, I think Summer League is is there for the Uber of Uber fans that just totally geek out <laughs> about it all the time. And, I, it, and I've and i been down and covered several summer, uh, yeah. summer leagues. It's, you're, it's, you're down there more often than you're not. It's fun to go down there and cover it. It's, it's a fun event. But it is a lot more interesting when the team you cover has – uh, a player that is is more likely to make an impact uh, this upcoming year. That's that's kind of the gateway to it, where it sucks you in a little bit. Yeah. And this year, that's just not the case with the Jazz. I think there are a couple of players who could possibly make the roster, but it's not like a you know a first round. It's not. I, I mean, I can still remember the for the summer league I covered when it was Darren Williams' first summer league. Yeah. You know, where uh-huh. you had that kind of hype, where you wanted to see this top five pick in their first action, and the Jazz just don't quite have that that this year to. Really Really suck me in. No, no. And uh, however, sometimes there are surprises, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm watching these guys a little bit, these three second rounders, and trying to see what I think about. It, it's hard to tell sometimes, you know, uh, whether they would be a useful player or not. I, these these things don't come overnight, I suppose. But uh, glimpses, that's what it is. And I can't tell yet. Well, and then it's its tough to know what's real and what's not because the level of competition right. is, I mean, you know, a couple of summer leagues, you know, three, four years ago, we saw Trey Lyles absolutely tear apart the Las Vegas Summer League. And then yesterday we found out the news that uh, the, the Nuggets essentially aren't picking up his qualifying offer, which is basically unheard of for a lottery pick. One time I went to a, uh, a I guess it's a lower-level uh, college basketball game to cover it when I was in L.A., and the coach told me, watch this kid. Larry Bird's got nothing on this kid. And I'm like, yeah, right, okay. So I go out there, and I'm sitting there watching, and uh, he was kind of a local phenomenon. And I'm watching, and I couldn't tell. I, I could, he was great. For that level of play, but I couldn't tell. That's why I have great admiration for what the Ladens did when they saw John Stockton play. You know, I mean, they they, they could spot that. They saw that, and that's I, that's remarkable to me. Uh, that kind of skill in scouting. I think um, I think our local football programs around here, but specifically the University of Utah, has been great at that yeah. projecting where they think that uh, that some of these athletes can can end and up. Sometimes at other positions, right? And that has been their their little advantage in the Pac-12 is that they're really good at identifying those players and knowing what the the end game could possibly be, as opposed to, well, this guy's got four stars, so offer him a scholarship, right. you know. Right. And I definitely think that that's a almost a uh, an art. Yeah. Uh, that certain people possess and, and some people don't. And it's very valuable at any level, whether well, you're, you're a college recruiter or whether you're a, an NBA or NFL scout. Look at uh, look at the draft a couple of years ago. Uh, we talked to Josh Parcell, our good friend uh, who does radio in Charlotte, uh-huh. who uh, the, the Hornets front office or really wanted Donovan Mitchell. But Michael Jordan stepped in and said, nope, we're taking Malik Monk. Sign it up. You know, and that's the great Michael Jordan. Yeah, it's it really is an art to to be able to spot that 
and and project you, to what it be, okay, could possibly so become. So do you remember a time, Jake, when you were down there at Summer League or I'm, I'm, all the way through the years? Did you spot somebody that there was a lot of doubt about and you said, okay, look, that guy, he can really play? Because I'm having a hard time thinking of somebody that fits that category. Austin, can you think of anybody? Nothing that comes immediately to my mind. I don't. Well, Paul Millsap might have been one back in the day. Um, Paul, but I, Paul, early on, it was kind of like, why didn't anybody appreciate how well this guy can rebound? Because that's how he built his name in college. Well, and he did some other stuff well, too. And he was just really physical. And, and, and Jerry loved him right off the bat. I remember, that was back when uh, Jerry didn't give those kinds of opportunities to young fellows, but he was giving it to Paul. I'll tell you one that I that I saw down in Vegas that Tony and I both saw, because I remember we were sitting next to each other watching this game. And this this was an obvious one. This wasn't somebody one somebody was doubting. But then I'll tell you one on the other end of the spectrum too when we saw carl anthony towns in his first summer league game and it was like immediate whoa yeah this this guy is serious and he is good i mean he was dropping shots from all over the floor and he had all the moves and he was dominating on defense and which i know is tough to say because he doesn't exactly dominate on defense but he did at this point in summer Uh league and it was like okay this guy is is going to be something special and then the the one on the other end of the course that's a guy who is who was thought to be really, really? Oh, good. he was the it's number not one like pick. He was I mean, some sort of surprise. Yeah, exactly. And I guess that's what I'm saying. This yeah. was an obvious one, but right. it did. I mean, it jumped right out to you. Uh, then I remember when we watched Alex Len in the summer league, oh, and it uh-huh. was going, "What is this guy got? This uh-huh. is this guy is terrible." Because Len was what the, God, I want to say fourth, fourth, fifth pick yeah, think, uh, uh, for, for the Suns, and we saw him down there, and it was like, man, this guy isn't. I mean, he's a he's a long way away. He's getting pushed around. He doesn't seem to have that skill set that you would expect to see uh, from a top five pick. He was uh, he was fifth? the fifth pick in 2013. Yeah. yeah. So on, on kind of the op- opposite ends of the spectrum. I'll tell you a guy who stood out to me, not because he was particularly skilled, but just he was physical, and I thought that he would have a future in the NBA. Stephen Adams, because hmm. I saw him here at the arena when the regional was here. And uh, he was playing with Pitt, right? Mm-hmm. And I saw that guy, and I said, man, that guy is a mountain of a man. I remember you came up here and told us he broke down in tears in the post-game press conference. Uh, yeah. Which it's hard to imagine Stephen Adams having tear ducts, to be <laughs> honest with you. He is a mountain of a man. That's, he's the reason that description was invented. He's, uh, he would fit it perfectly, yes. I wonder. Uh, I wonder actually what his future is going to be now that Oklahoma City appears to be headed for uh, for a rebuild. And we can talk about some of the rumors that are out there. If you were a player uh, that had accomplished what he has, and we're assuming that Russell Westbrook's going to go, right? Right. I mean, that, that appears to be the case. So if he goes, and you're Stephen Adams, what do you? Ha- we talked a little bit about this yesterday, talking about the power of stars in the NBA. But what about like Stephen Adams? How much power does he have? Mm, uh, not much, because he's a he's essentially a role player but and a, say, a well-paid role player at that. Could he go to the Thunder and say, "Man, I I don't want to lose like this for the next three years. Get me out of here too." Would anybody hold that against him? Mm, I doubt it. I, I, but I doubt. See, I doubt he has the power to control where he would go, though. Yeah. I mean, he could he go to Oklahoma City and say, uh, "I would prefer to be moved," but to I don't think team. I don't think he's got the the juice to say, "I want to go here." Uh-huh. 
because uh, with his contract, that, that's the problem he's got is he's his contract is probably above his value or somewhere close. So what's those he, are what's he those are tough to make. He's I, in the high twenties. Hang on, give I me a second. I shouldn't ask a question I don't know the answer to, but uh, he could be. You see, the the, the reason he twenty two four. Thank you. The, the reason he is such a good example, he could be very valuable to certain teams. I, I'm sorry, I misspoke there. He was that was in seventeen. He was making twenty two four. He will make twenty five eight yeah. this season. Twenty seven five next. Right. Mm. So is he one of those guys? Where you say, you go ahead and spend your money, but spend it on the right people. And is he one of those folks that that's too much money to spend and uh, because he's not going to move the needle to the degree you need him to? Well, it, it's at least a discussion, right? Uh-huh. The, the hard part about the NBA right now is there's not a whole lot of middle class. And there's not a whole lot of value in the middle class. There's a lot of you know veteran minimum guy uh, guys out there. And then there's a lot of top-end guys taking up all the salary cap room. And then your, your middle-end guys, it's not quite as worth it. Look, um, you know, the Lakers' first priority was not to... Uh, to add Danny Green and a couple of decent players to round out the the roster, their first priority was to add Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Everybody wants the top end talent, and the middle class guys end up limiting your flexibility, which is exactly what's happened in Oklahoma City. Part of the reason they kind of had to give up on Paul George is because they had no room from a from a salary standpoint to do anything else. Houston's in the in the same pickle. They don't have any sort of flexibility to add another player, another star to get them over the top. So then that brings up a philosophical question, you know, basketball being a team sport. And I know that the stars are the ones that people pay to come see, you know, do things that that wow them and whatnot. But you still got to have guys to fill out the roster. You know, you still got to have guys in order to win a championship. You got to have at least some value in in other spots, don't you? No, not really. No, you need the top end guys. The NBA is a is and a that's team. It, huh? Is, the NBA is a team sport, but not like football is a team sport. I just not like baseball is a team. sport. I guess I'm somewhat idealistic in this regard. I want I want every position to count. I want to think about when Michael Jordan passed out to to Paxson to hit the shot, you know. I want to think about Steve Kerr hitting a shot, you know, that helped the Bulls win a championship. And obviously Michael Jordan's a man. I get that. They're not there without him. But it's kind of funny you mentioned those guys because those guys are vet, vet minimum kind of guys. Yeah. Paxson and Steve Kerr, they were not they were not top-end talent. They were not high-priced talent. They were – Fill out the roster type of dudes. So if you're going about, if you have some say-so in this sort of thing, you get your star players and then worry about the rest of it later. Right. And that's the, what the Lakers did. It's, it's Yeah. Well, it, and that's why it was so important for the Jazz to make moves right now. And, and by the way, maybe we, uh, we'll call this moving yeah. into the split story of the day, brought to you by our friends at, uh, at Sound Sleep Medical. Uh, if you have issues snoring or think you have uh, sleep apnea, check out our friends at Sound uh, sound sleep medical it's why the jazz have, have needed to move now because their star players are still on their not rookie deals necessarily because rudy's in that first extension right but they're still in that rookie process where the jazz control everything and right now they're on 
bargain contracts. Right. And I know Rudy's up in the 20s, but but for a player of his caliber, that's a bargain right now for Rudy Gobert. And Donovan yeah, Mitchell certainly yeah. is, is a bargain. And so mm-hmm. the Jazz have the room to go add these other players that maybe aren't your stars, but you can pay them because they can take that money and use it. Now, they're going to have to change course a little bit when Donovan and Rudy come up for their, their big boy deals. Um, and and may have to adjust, but for the time being, you can pay Mike Conley thirty million dollars a but, year. Why not? But if the Jazz are contending for a title, is that not worth it for them to keep the group together, even though it's going to cost you uh, as far as taxes go? And well, that, I mean, there's in NBA terms, there's a long way to go before the Jazz have to make that decision. Uh huh. It does cross your mind every once in a while. Well, it does, but uh, I would encourage everybody out there, and and Gordon, I don't know if you got a chance to see this, but Howard Beck has our good friend, of course, one of our NBA Daily Assist guests uh, for the Bleacher Report. He has a new column out. And uh, talking about uh, the headline is, it doesn't matter, even best NBA franchises can't compete with superstar whims. And he talks about, uh, similar to what we chatted about yesterday, where the NBA has kind of changed and players can put teams together and those sorts of things. But he talks about how everything is so much more short-term. The idea of building a team that we have planted in our brains isn't necessarily uh, isn't necessarily reality anymore it's the antithesis to the stockton malone years it is absolutely so, so and look toronto is a great example of that you bring in Kawhi leonard for a year you win a championship and the people are, are kind of heartbroken some of them are that he's leaving but uh i bet you everyone in that city would say yeah that was well worth it one year yep they get what they want they lucked out a little bit the warriors got hurt but they won the title. Well, and even if you do go through the traditional team building the way that it's been done in the past, developing players, acquiring assets, doing it through the draft, you're essentially just preparing to do what the Jazz have done this offseason, and that's push it all into the middle. Odds are you're not going to draft and develop your core all together. Odds are you're going to take some of that core and move it to get other pieces, potentially superstar pieces. I mean, that's what the Clippers did. Right. That's what the Nets have done is they've kind of built things up and then they made room salary-wise to make their signings or, or make their trades in the case of the Lakers and the Clippers. Right. So, so you're right. That's a big shift. And it has to do with pleasing star players and keeping them happy and, uh, and uh, just trying to go for it while you can. And for a while there, we didn't think the Jazz were going to do that. Well, they, they needed to find the right moves, and I still stand behind that opinion. And we'll see if these moves turn out to be the right ones. I feel pretty optimistic about it, but you, you can't swing and miss. And, and even if you do swing for the fences and it kind of hits like Houston, you can certainly stall out, and then you're in real trouble. I still think, though, if the Jazz do not live up to their expectations uh, this next season, you still have to give Jazz management credit for giving it a whirl. Yep. Because they did. You, you, what's the term you use? Pushed all their chips to the middle of the yep. table? That's what they did. Yep. And we'll see if it yeah. if it pays off. Yeah. But, yeah, they've certainly been aggressive, and that's that's going to be the, the name of the game now is, is being aggressive because all these moves are, are not necessarily the long play anymore because the long play exists less and less. And you got to hope fortune smiles on you a right. little bit. All right, uh, we'll get to Gordon's column coming up right around the corner. You can check that out, sltrib.com. But joining us now in studio is our good friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. First of all, good to see you, Andrew. How was your 4th of July? It was great. It was great in Phoenix. It was 115 degrees. Wow. We went to the Diamondbacks-Rockies game. Oh, how was that? It was good. 
fireworks night. It was awesome. How was the, uh, by nighttime, did the temperature drop at all? Well, you, they, you know, they closed the roof for the game, right. so it's air-conditioned. Then they open it for the fireworks, but okay. it was probably... 95 still. I'm glad they opened the roof for the <laughs> at 10 o'clock at night. That might have been a little harrowing. <laughs> Isn't that a crazy feeling when the sun goes down and you walk outside and you feel like, oh, I'm going to get some nice cool night air in my face and it's just yeah, bam, it's, 100 it's still degrees still. Yeah. That's what's so great about Utah's summer climate. Right? Yeah, yeah, it cools off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now where you step in the shade and you get a little relief. It's not yeah, so bad. true. True. Well, hey, let's talk about what uh, Wasatch Medical Clinic, of course, can do for our listeners out there who maybe uh, maybe suffering a little bit from ED. Yeah, we've uh, we've got a new treatment. We've talked about it a bunch on this show: acoustic wave therapy, shock wave. Um, we've been talking about it all over the state. In fact, uh, this is so cool because it gets guys with ED off of the medication. Um, we have seen so many bad things come from the pills. They seem kind of harmless. Uh, if you're struggling with ED, you know you know there's so many pills available, but they have nasty side effects. Our treatment uses pulsating acoustic waves that will open up the blood vessels in this part of the body naturally. Clinically shown, clinical after clinical after clinical, across the board to increase blood flow. So if you've got ED, that's what you need more of, blood flow. The idea is to get back to normal. Yep, you don't need to, to include the medication in your life or your routine or whatever. Get back to normal. Definitely. You can eliminate the medication. Um, you'll also not have to you know, take more and more of it, right. which is what inevitably will happen as you go out, th- you know, throughout your life. Uh, no more side effects. You have to worry about mixing medications. So there's all those concerns that are eliminated. All right. Here's the number to call 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000. And you guys always make this risk- risk-free for our listeners. We do. So uh, you can come in, call right now. The doctor will sit down with you for free for about 30, 45 minutes. Uh, blood flow ultrasound, an assessment, an exam, tell you why you have ED. Um, we do that at no charge zero obligation a lot of guys come in and say i have no intention of going through with this but i am curious because i feel like things are slipping a little bit it's totally fine we'll give you all the information and be here for you if you ever need us you've got nothing to lose 801-901-8000 801-901-8000 thank you andrew thank you guys all right we'll have more of the big show coming up next 97.5 and 1280 of the zone this is dj and pk Joined now by Steve Cleveland. So what do you think of the Jazz's additions? See, they got Bogdanovich and Conley, but I'm talking about Moutier and Jeff Green. I really like it. It gives them depth. If I were to rank the teams right now, I'd probably go with the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Jazz. It's my top three teams. I like the Jazz. I think that they're now equipped to beat Houston. And I don't think we need to forget Houston because that whole team's coming back and probably pretty motivated as well. But I like the Jazz at the three spot, Houston at the four, and Denver at the five. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Show 97.5, 1280 The Zone, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, fan of the day today, Elvis Costello, selected by, well, kind of both of us. 
It was yeah, like a, it was a team I'd, effort there. Yes, it was. You had you put the thought in my mind, and I thought that was a good idea. It's brought to you by our friends at Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. Also, want to remind you, comedians Dave Chappelle and Joe Rogan are coming to USANA Amphitheater this summer for one night only on Saturday, August 3rd. Tickets will go on sale uh, to the general public starting Saturday, July 13th at 10 a.m. Check it out. Check it out. Joe Rogan was in. Uh, did you ever, were you ever a news radio fan? You ever liked that uh, show, News Radio? I, never, I didn't never watch it, but I certainly it was recommended to me on a regular basis. Absolutely, one of my favorites. Really? Oh, it's oh. A, absolutely an amazing you, show. Can you pick a favorite character on that show? Jeez, probably not. Because Phil Hartman not. was great until he, he met his un, you know his bad uh, tragic demise in real life. He's probably but, the answer, but there's so many great characters. Jimmy James. Jimmy James. <laughs> amazing. Jimmy James uh, and uh, he who's the what's the guy's name that plays him? Stephen Root. That's it. Yeah. Oh, he was terrific. Great show. That's one I may have to go back and and check out again. Binge as uh, binge. How many watch. seasons in news radio? Three. Oh no no no! There had to be more than there. that. Yeah yeah. Because they still did a few with John Lovitz after That's right. after Phil Hartman passed. It was a great show. You know, Phil Hartman passing away had a had a. Um, a real impact on three major iconic shows. Saturday Night Live, uh-huh. The Simpsons, which he voiced like half the 12. Simpsons. Yeah. And, uh, and News Radio. He was a talented guy. All right. All right. Uh, you have column up, sltrib.com. Gordon, uh, talking about the pay for the U.S. women's national soccer team. Yeah, and when I wrote this column, I, I knew that I was going to get pushback. There's a lot of guys out there who really take offense when you talk about giving women equal pay. And I don't know why it's that way, but I, it, it just is. Is that you know? what they're taking offense with? Uh, what do you think it is? Well, do you want to lay out your column, and I'll give you my opinion, but lay out kind of kind of your argument here. It's that uh, the, the U.S. women's uh, uh, team uh, has... Uh, generated a lot of revenue and uh, still by and it's complicated because the measures for pay are all convoluted and everything but I think it is still true that they get less than the men do now they may get a greater percentage than the men do but they ultimately they make uh, less than the men do and I don't think that's right Uh, I understand it in business I understand it in pro leagues for instance, uh, the, the fact that the NBA players make more than WNBA players, I get it. Some of that is just is just uh, market-driven. I, I, I understand that. However, by the way, the uh, NBA players get 50% of the generated revenue, and the uh, female players in WNBA get like 20%. Of the BRI, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, so that is sort of out of skew a little bit. But you're not expecting. I get it. I understand it. It's uh, some of the realities of business and whatnot. But in the case of these women, they really are have been way more successful with less. And I understand their complaints about not uh, not getting equal pay. And so that's what the column is about. And, you know, you and I have talked about this before. In the state of Utah, women in general make seven seventy cents on the dollar that men do. Now, there are various reasons for that beyond just 
sexism or whatever, but most of the experts do attribute at least some of that percentage to to uh, an attitude toward men and women, and the differences there. So that's sort of what I was getting at. So I'll, I'll start off my opinion by saying I, I think that women in the workplace uh, pay discrepancy I think is a huge problem. I, I couldn't agree more with you, especially you know, my wife is, is professional and in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And it, it's certainly an issue um, that we as a family uh, are, are passionate about. So so don't get me wrong here. But I, I don't I think comparing that to this is is not comparing uh, it's comparing apples to oranges. Well, the difference is the, the, the similarity is that the women are generating a lot of income for the U.S. Soccer Federation. They are generating some. Yes, they are they generating get, a lot, and they get compensated. This get cycle, compensated. this cycle, they're generating more than the men. Are. And I and I read well in gate receipts, in in attendance. Well, but the that's, sponsorships, that's, sponsorships, they don't they don't divulge what the where the dividing line is there, which makes this impossible to argue because yeah. how much because you can't tell me that Fox is paying equally for the rights for the men's World Cup as well as the women's World Cup. They have different values. Mm-hmm. That's not it's not the same. the The men's World Cup, and I, I understand the the women's World Cup. But how much drew, of that do the players get? It's the yeah, percentage, which is down. what you're talking about. And, mm. and that's why this is so impossible, because we don't know those figures, because this is a private entity. If it were the government, this conversation would be totally different. If it were the government, absolute equality. If this were taxpayer dollars, I, I think there would be a point, uh, a point to this. But it, it's not. This is, this is U.S. soccer. And so the gay portion of the argument, that's, that's part of the... That's part of what we're talking about. It's the overall revenue. Does Coca-Cola, when they sponsor the World Cup, are they paying an equal amount to sponsor both the men and the women? No, well, they're I, not. I'll, I'll say it this way, yeah, because you're right. Nobody knows because it all goes into one pot and they don't differentiate. But with the success that the women have had, I think this is, this is heading in a positive direction for the women. I, I don't think success has anything to do with it. I do. Why? Because people want to sponsor things that are successful. People want to sponsor something that's going to have eyeballs on it. Yeah. That's what they want to that do. That too, but the, it's the whole identity, having some sort of identity. Nike comes out with that commercial, which was uh, all it was more about women and women's opportunities than it was about selling shoes. But uh, those are the kinds of connections that I think will help solve this problem in time and by the way the women do get compensated more for each round they go so they are compensated for winning it's the the formula for it is very complicated i went through and read every report i could find and there i mean it's very twisted and convoluted in a lot of ways but most of the experts that i've read say that their 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 conclusion is that the women are getting less uh, let's see, Aaron, our good friend on Twitter, at Utah Man I, tweets in. He says, uh, the last numbers I heard were from a few years ago, but women's soccer was generating 70, $73 million, while men's soccer was generating around about $4 billion. There's a rock-solid reason for a pay difference, and the gen- gender wage gap uh, has been totally debunked. Well, that, that's I, I, I can't speak to his numbers there, but I will say that the men versus the women in this country, it's much closer than that. 
That's what the reports are that I read. I read from the Wall Street Journal, and I read an in-depth report from the Washington Post, and they went through and crunched all those numbers. I I believe in equality, but I also believe in capitalism. And when your product is worth more, you're probably going to be compensated more. That's like anything else. But the women are generating a lot of revenue. They are. And they're being compensated for the revenue that they're generating. At a much lesser rate than the men are. Are they? Well, Compared I think to the total it came, pie? It came out to like 30, I think it was like $30,000 a year less that they were getting, at least at a base level. And the men's product is worth more. Uh, I'm not sure that the U.S. Uh, men's national team is worth more. The product of men's soccer is worth yeah, more. Yeah, but, Jake, that, that matters. All, all kinds of things come into that. There's all kinds of biases that go into that that need to change, that can change, and probably will change. With the success of the women's team, they are the most dominant national team on the planet. Which has nothing and, to do and with as, it. Yes, it does, Jake. More people, more companies will invest in that. And when they do, their salaries will probably raise. Well, I, I hope so. In, in all honesty, if if you want these these gals to to be paid more and compensated, and you feel they're worth more, go support the Royals, support those leagues that they play in but on a yearly basis. That's separate. Because that's separate from this. How is that separate from because this? It's are, about the health of the are, sport. Yeah, but those are separate incomes. They are separate incomes, but you, it, it's all about the overall awareness of the sport itself. It's about the overall health of the that's sport itself. That's why I say that the winning that they do will continue to generate more and more it's as a, time goes It's by. about the product as a whole. They have to make women's soccer a more valuable uh, valuable commodity so that Fox pays more for the rights or Coca-Cola pays more to sponsor it. It's about it's about exposure. It's about eyeballs. It's not about winning. It's it about the about product winning. itself. Those things are tied together, Jake. That's like saying, okay, a team is uh, that does is it's it's like uh who's the worst team in the NBA? You know, it's like some team that doesn't compete at all is going to be worth less than a franchise that wins. Um, Okay, but we're talking about the overall product. We're talking about the overall product, the overall revenue generated by the sport. And unfortunately, in sports, we have to divide between men and women because it's a it's a well, it's the only fair way to do it. And that's what right. some some people suggest. Wait a minute, if the women really want equality, then just have one team and let's see how they do. And that's part of this backlash that a lot of men have this attitude that they want to devalue women as ath in sports. And it's, I don't know if that's. That's born out of some sort of insecurity of some sort. Men or don't do that. The market does that. No, men do that. The market the, devalues Jake, these. Read these the emails sports. I'm getting, and I'm telling you, men do that. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about those people responding to your column. I'm talking about overall. The market devalues women's sport. You know, if we want to, if we want to have this argument, the the sport that we should be talking about is tennis. Because the women's product generates just as much as the men, but the purses for these major tournaments are more in me- for the men. So well, that, that's in the, the sport that has the best know, argument and, to and, be made. And what the men argue is that they play best of five and women play best of three. And I find that ridiculous. 
But this that's, is about this is the about the overall pie. This is about the revenue generated by the overall sport. And unfortunately, men and women's soccer are different sports. But it's but Jake, there's an attitude that 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 comes into play with that that needs to change. That needs to change too. Did you enjoy? What's, what's the? Did, uh, you, did you enjoy the 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 men's World Cup better than you did what we just watched with the women's World Cup? I didn't watch either one of them. Then you're not a good person to ask. I thought it was really entertaining, and those when I watched what the women do relative to their competition and how much better than they are than the men, it's just not even comparable. But that's not even part of the argument, it, Jake. It is from a standpoint of the money that they generate, that the revenue that they bring, and in. the men are gener- generating more revenue. Not right now, they're not. Not at the gate. I'm talking about the well, overall pie. But, that, but that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the gate because that's all that the players can control. That's just a fraction of the revenue that comes in as the gate. That's well, not the it's complete more than story. A fraction. It's it's not the majority. I'm going to have to. You're going to have to read the reports I read because they they're arguing something a little different than you are. I don't know where you're getting your numbers from, but that's not what I read. Okay. I read a piece today talking about the gate uh, from Forbes of Forbes magazine or whatever mm-hmm. that uh, the women have generated some like one point five million dollars more, but it's it's about television rights, it's about overall corporate sponsorships, and and by the way with soccer and the reason I don't support the World Cups is because I don't like the corruption that comes along with FIFA, and it's the same reason I'm really losing steam on the Olympics too. That's way more offensive, in my opinion, than than what's going on with this. This is just market-driven equation are the, stuff. Uh, are the Olympics as corrupt now as they were back in the day? Uh, yeah, there was a story that came out just this week about how much Brazil had to pay in bribes to host the Rio Olympics. So, yeah. Hmm. Well, we're all familiar with that around here. So, all right. Well, let us know your feedback at Jake Scott Zone, at Gordon Monson. I certainly would encourage you as well uh, to give Gordon's uh, column a read. I want to remind you about our friends at Ivory Homes. As Utah's number one home builder, Ivory Homes brings experience, quality, and design to every home and community they build. Learn more at ivoryhomes.com. Quick plug, Gordon, and we're going to bring this up uh, more and more because uh, we've changed the way that the station is doing uh, our podcasts. And we now have it uh, broken down by shows as opposed to just the station. The way we used to do it is you just subscribe to the station and you get a zillion different podcasts into your feed. We're now breaking it down by shows. So go to your favorite uh, podcast player uh, or catcher, whatever term you want to use, Stitcher, iTunes, that sort of thing, and search Big Show and hit subscribe on there. Big Show, subscribe, and you'll get all of our content, all of our hours if you miss uh, miss a part of the show, all of our interviews, split story, all that good stuff. So search Big Show and subscribe to our podcast. We'll have more coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. I think Donovan is enough with the collection of talent around him now to get the Jazz into a special place. If he does take that even further step above that, now we're talking that it's not an if but a when for next season for the Utah Jazz. We're talking they are a top three team in the Western Conference. Mm -hmm. And that's because we both feel that Donovan Mitchell will make that next jump. Yeah, a significant jump which he's capable of. And when I say significant jump, I mean, this guy's been used to making significant jumps. He's made enormous jumps in his career career before this would not surprise me at all if he makes this significant jump here donovan has that ability to do that and then some tony parks and austin horton weekdays from 10 to noon on 97 5 1280 the zone in the zone sports network
1280 The Zone. Listen, uh, coming up tomorrow on a Win Ticket Wednesday for your chance to win tickets to Shinedown. Shinedown will be on the road this summer in support of their latest album, Attention, Attention. Come and rock out with them and special guests Bad Flower, Dinosaur Pile Up, and Broken Hands on July 18th at the USANA Amphitheater. Tickets are on sale now. Purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com. Uh, people uh, are passionate about this, Gordon, on either side of the argument. I just uh, I, I don't think the argument is as simple as relating it to the uh, gender wage gap in, uh, say, Utah, for example. Uh, that's yeah, that's for sure. I mean, but that that trend is is true nationally as well. I think nationally it's like eighty one percent, eighty one cents on the dollar for women versus men, and in Utah it's seventy one percent or seventy one cents. Right. And my wife, for example, is an attorney. And if she can do her job just as well as a male attorney, then the compensation should be the same. And I I agree that that's an issue that 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 should be examined. But I don't think that this falls under the same umbrella. This is what Michael McCann, he's a Sports Illustrated writer and he's a law professor. He said the U.S. women's players and the U.S. soccer have offered contradictory narratives over whether the women players are paid more based on revenue generation attributed to their play. To the extent degree of revenue generation influences any pay increases, the two sides will need to find common ground on how that topic is empirically measured. So they don't even know that. We're all making this argument with uh, with not enough information, but uh, you made a you made an argument that win- winning has something to do with it in all sports, and uh, I think chunk chunk yardage on Twitter makes a good point. He says, "Why are the Knicks arguably the most valuable NBA team? They stink. Winning is irrelevant or less relevant. What's the value of the Spurs? They were winners, significantly less than the ne- the Knicks." Yeah, and I guess this is the this is the problem with making these kinds of analogies because everything isn't isn't the same. It's a little different based on what the circumstances are. But yeah, market size does have something to do with it. But in the case of the men and the women in the United States, you know, they're dealing with the same market essentially. They're not. It's not the same market. It is. No, it's really not. It is. They're two different sports. Well, and yeah, one but, is but, more valuable than the but, other. But a lot of it has to do with what, Jake. What you're saying is incorrect. I don't know whether to tell it to you. I've read it to you. I just read three paragraphs to you during the break that essentially disproves what you're saying. It doesn't because it doesn't include all the information. What's well, the- it, ha- it includes all the information that th- could be gathered right now. Right. Which what's the what's the Fox contract of FIFA? For men compared to women, and what but that, is? But that's a, that's an international thing. But isn't it's it? passed back down to the 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 different countries. Mm. I don't I don't know. Or at least what the the corrupt people at the top don't pocket. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know about that. All I know is that the information that I've researched here says that the women are generating as much as the men. Okay. And what? I so? don't. It's not a complete picture. Well, then I guess we better stop arguing about it because I don't know how. Well, we're that wouldn't get be any fun. Why would we do that? <laughs> because we don't have all the information, but the information is in front of them, and that's why the crowd is yelling equal pay at the end when the women win the World Cup again. 
Right. You can understand their complaint, Jake. What the what the U.S. women's national team is saying, what these all 28 players, what they're saying is, hey, we are generating as much income as the men are. We should be paid equally. That's what they're saying in a nutshell. Or are they saying we're better than the men are at our respective sports, so we should be paid as much as them? Well, I didn't because see— Because that I, philosophy is flawed. I haven't read the whole case that they're bringing, but— the, the the nut of it is what I just said. And we'll see how that case does. Yeah. My guess is it's going to be unsuccessful. Mm, we'll see. All right. Uh, joining us now in studio is our good friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. And, Andrew, you're here to help our listeners and their relationships. We are. Yeah, guys struggling with erectile dysfunction. Uh, most men, it seems like, have been strugg- uh, suffering in silence for many years, um, going to the medication, doing injections, uh, contemplating surgery. And then there's, you know, kind of a big group of guys that are, it, things are just slipping. It's getting worse and worse. They can maybe still get by in the bedroom, but it's not as good as it once was. Um, we've got this acoustic wave therapy, pulsating acoustic waves. Two different forms of technology, by the way, that can treat just about everybody. It opens up the blood vessels so a guy can get back to normal and natural function in the bedroom pretty easily in, inside of two or three weeks uh, with a few treatments and not need the medication any longer. Who's a good candidate for this? Um, a very good candidate is somebody that has partial function left. So, you know, it, it's kind of in the beginning, maybe 10 years of the mm-hmm. problem. That's a great candidate. But everybody can benefit. Unless you've already had an implant, gone the surgery route, you likely can benefit from this. All right. You've got a great deal going for our listeners. All they've got to do is call 801-901-8000, but you're taking the risk out of this thing totally. We are. Call us right now. Pick up the phone. We'll do a free assessment um, with the medical doctor, ultrasound, exam. He'll go through your situation, your uh, medication, your medical history. Uh, It's absolutely no cost to those that pick up the phone and call us right now. No obligation whatsoever. Get it done. 801-901-8000. Improve your life. That's what really it's all about. Yeah. And you'll be surprised. I mean, two, three weeks to improve the next 10 or 20 years it's significant. Worth it. It's worth it. 100%. All right. 801-901-8000. Give them a call. 801-901-8000. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, guys. All right. We'll have more of the big show coming up next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Three, two, one, one, one. The countdown is back on the Zone Sports Network. It's the fifth annual college football top 60 and 60. As we count you down to the start of the college football season. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty will announce another selection. I see you on Leading up to the start of the 2019 season. As voted on by the local media and you the fans. It's the top 60 and 60. Presented by Cypress Credit Union, the Southtown Auto Mall, and Master Electrical Service. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.